You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 6 of Take a Bow Podcast. I'm Eli Tokash. And I'm Sydney Lucas. Wow, episode 6? Yeah. Crazy. I know, it feels like we just are like, I don't know, I feel like we were, I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) What are you trying to say, Eli? (laughs) Um, I don't know what you're trying to say either. It's crazy that it's episode six because it feels like we've just like started releasing and now that we're almost two months in basically to what? releasing episodes. Yeah. Cause eight will be two months of releasing episodes, right? Every week. Yeah, it will be. And we paused oh my for goodness. two weeks. So we're yeah. a month we're a month and a half into releasing. It's wow. crazy. It's going way too fast. And we still have, like, so many cool episodes to release. Oh, you don't even know. Like, seriously, keep your eye out. We have some great episodes coming up. Anyway, today we have have a super special guest. He was the first teenager to play Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. He is one of the most talented, most brilliant, most charismatic, most kind human beings on the planet. Today, Andrew Barth Feldman gave us an hour of his time to talk about his experience in Dear Evan Hansen, as well as some projects he has coming up. So, without further ado, take it away, Andrew. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. We are so thrilled to have this guest on today. He is captivating, talented, and kind, and he is a Jimmy Award winner. Everyone, please welcome former lead in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway and the first teenager to play Evan on Broadway, Andrew Feldman. What a that lovely <laughs> intro. That would make me so happy. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. We are so oh, happy we to be have happier, you on. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Okay, so like I said, you are a Jimmy Award winner. Right. Congratulations. That's huge. <laughs> it's crazy. What a crazy experience. It was bananas. It's boot camp is actually for real what it is. It was 14-hour days. That's insane. Every day for, for a week. It was bananas, but it was the best. That's bananas. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, it was amazing. 
you met so many great people along the way of that as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, my, one of my closest friends, Emily Escobar, who is a finalist, is now like we collaborate all the time on stuff. And and Renee Rapp, obviously, who won with me, is also one of my closest friends. And that's sort of how I met Antonio as well, who's in Jagged Little Pill, and so oh. and and tons more. So there's so many amazing people in that in that circuit that I was so lucky to get to meet from that. Aww. Yeah, that's awesome. So I read somewhere that at the Jimmy Awards, one of the lead producers of Dear Evan Hansen happened to be in the audience. Yeah. What transpired after that that made you go from a super talented high school actor performing in school theater to a super talented high school actor as the lead in a heart-wrenching, beautiful, award-winning Broadway musical? Whoa, that's a great question. Um... (laughs) Okay, so the way it all kind of happened is, is yeah, so it was it just happened to be sponsored by Dear Evan Hansen. That week that we were doing the Jimmies, we all went to see Dear Evan Hansen. Like, no they, way. They, wow. They'd see a show every year, and now it's Dear Evan Hansen every year because Dear Evan Hansen, like, sponsors the Jimmy Awards every year. And so we all went to see Taylor and Dear Evan Hansen, and it was unreal. It was my third time seeing it, I think. I, I've always loved the show, but... Yeah, Stacey Mindich, the lead producer, was in the audience. Tara Rubin, the casting director, was a judge. And the legend that she tells to me, I've never heard anything otherwise, uh, is uh, that she texted Tara at intermission and said, we need to get him in the room. That's our next guy. And it was like two weeks later that they'd called me back for, it was actually the male swing. Uh, so it was Evan, Jared, and Connor. I'm pretty sure they only did that not to scare me because I am not a Connor. Like that should not and will not ever happen. But it was pretty much, I, I, I realized pretty quickly that the callback that I had was like, most people's final callback was the equivalent to like I was kind of Michael Greif, Benj Pasek, Justin Paul, Steven Levinson, wow. Alex Lacamoire, Stacy, the whole team. Jeez. I was freaking the heck out. But oh I my god. Imagine. It was it was been it was so wonderful and and that was when it all kind of happened. It was like 2 days later that I found out that I was cast and then that was in July of 2018 and it wasn't announced till November. So wow. I, and I signed all sorts of NDAs because they really wanted it to be like like a big New York Times thing. So it was actually going to be announced in January of 2019, but it started to sort of creep. The news sort of started to creep out. So they they made it earlier so that they could get the jump on it. Thank God. Wow, um, <laughs> that's a tough secret to keep. <laughs> it really was, and that was sort of the big thing that everyone latched onto in the stories. Was like you actually didn't tell anyone, and I was like, I, I didn't. I didn't tell anyone because I they told me not to. I signed legal documents saying that I couldn't. Exactly. So it was crazy. Um, and it was taking all kinds of voice lessons. There, there were like truly in just I, I started taking voice lessons with Liz Kaplan, the vocal consultant, in yes. September October. She's amazing. It was like September October. There were th- placements and things that I didn't find until the week before. So wow. if I had started a week later, it would have been a completely different experience and I could have been it could have been a lot less healthy in the first couple weeks and months it's crazy how every little thing every caution that was taken added so much to my being able to do it successfully it was the craziest thing that ever happened yeah this the show uh, itself is such a vocally demanding and emotionally demanding role did you have any tips or tricks to preserve to preserve your voice yeah, um, I mean, I think this is kind of the expectation for all Evans that I definitely followed is I completely changed my diet. I didn't talk or go out really at all. It was a constant battle of that sort of staying mentally healthy in like 
going out a little bit, but like not talking when I do and not eating dairy or by the end of it, I was pretty much eating the same thing every day, which was crazy. But that was kind of it. And then it, it was also just allowing yourself to not be 100%. I started doing five shows a week rather than the typical six of an Evan because I was in school, because I was building up all this stamina. I didn't start doing six until I was out of school over the summer. And then I stayed that when I went back to, went back to school, I was being tutored. I wasn't actually like going to school, going to school, but still it was like another part-time job. And, and exactly. so it w I started doing five shows a week. There were some keys that were lowered, some placements that were changed. By the end of my run, everything was back up in the original keys. Every placement was back where it was originally, you know, meant to be. So it was, it was such a gradual process. So I, I think gi give yourself time is really my biggest piece of advice. Wow. Contain. Yeah, you, you mentioned that you had to completely change your diet. I was reading someplace that you were, you know, when you left the show, while it was bittersweet, you were excited to eat pizza again. Oh, yeah. Did that I had, have to do uh, with preserving the voice? Yeah, I couldn't, I didn't have dairy at all. I had, I well, I did have a slice of cheesecake every Sunday because I had yeah. enough time between Sunday and Tuesday. You gotta but, have uh, a slice of cheesecake every Sunday. I had to have a slice of, and I didn't even really like cheesecake before doing <laughs> oh. it, but I just like, so all of a sudden really just wanted my dairy fix. But uh, anyway, I had, I think it was six slices of pizza at the party after my last show. Oh my God. I was hungry from the whole year. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it was, I it was exciting to kind of, go back to normal life and see my friends who I hadn't really gotten to see all year. It's been, it's been nice, you know, now they're sort of taken away from me again, but we've Aww. all been zooming every day to, to stay in contact. So it's nice. Andrew, can I ask, uh, so I was actually there when Sydney saw your last performance. I was with that like group. There was like a whole bunch of us. Um, and it was absolutely like incredible. Um, Thank you. and the fact that you said that, you know, at the beginning, some things were different. It's It was interesting to hear that because, I mean, obviously it was towards the end of your run, so I, we didn't notice. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about By the mental... way, you were incredible. Yeah. Thank you, guys. You absolutely wrecked us. That's so kind. It means so much to me. Thank talk you guys so much. Talk a little bit about, like, how... So you said the keys and stuff changed, but talk about how you as, like, the character also changed oh, throughout the process. Oh, yeah. Um, I think... I, th I, I still felt all this pressure up to the very last day, mm. but the pr there was so I felt a pressure to do to prove myself to to keep to just work so hard for the tears and and the ticks and all these things and over time the biggest change was that it just got so much simpler it just it just became so much more in my body and and smaller and and all these just just more uh, you could latch onto it so much more just just from you know little things actually connecting to what the anxiety was rather than showing it you know if, if I'm connected to it it's there so th that was a challenge for me because that's wasn't really something I ever imagined it being what was I never imagined it being described as simple but it was that's that's sort of where it got to and I think what was at the core of Evan though never changed I, th I think the biggest thing was at the beginning, I was really trying to blur the lines for myself between me and him and, and really trying to like get into his shoes and go really be really method about it, which was just unhelpful and unhealthy and, and all these things. And by the end, it felt more like I just knew him as a person so well, as another person. Like he was like my best friend. I really, I, I still don't really know how it happened, how I connected with him so much from the start, but I think what was at the core never really changed. It was just how I how I showed it that, that changed. That's so beautiful. Yeah. 
You just got to know him more and more. Yeah, it was so special. It was he's a special, special person. Aww. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was the best year. It was terrifying and exhausting and stressful, but it was the best. It was so wonderful. Did you actually like go to a school or were you doing like online school? Yeah, so I was being tutored while all this was happening. Uh, I was getting tutored 15 hours a week and that was that was it but i was taking all ip courses my my senior year oh, uh, so God. it was it was real school it was you know there was no slacking it was a lot but i you know i think everyone sort of had an understanding of the limits of of everything and that i couldn't do i couldn't do like homework and stuff because when am i going to do that i go to, i do school i get in the car i go to the theater yeah. so mm-hmm. i think we all sort of got on the same page about what it what it had to be and how much I could actually do but I, in terms of sitting there actually doing it it was it was hard work it was real work yeah along with giving your all in theater you doing all AP courses you gave your all in school and it paid off because you're going to Harvard yes yeah, I congratulations <laughs> yeah, thank oh you guys gosh. I'm really 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 excited for you know just just that experience it's i i'm i can't wait it's gonna be really has that been like a dream school of yours you know i i was never it's funny when i was younger i was always like dead set on going to a conservatory i was like this is my path and my mom was like no because my mom was uh was a college admissions counselor so she was like no you have to go to liberal arts school and like have a fallback plan and i never agreed with her until i did dear evan hansen i was like okay i'm in conservatory right now i don't need to go to another one uh, to learn the things that I'm learning now. Not that I know everything, but just that it's like I'm in a conservatory now, essentially. So then I started looking at the schools that she'd wanted me to be looking at, all the Ivies and, and the liberal arts schools. And Harvard was the one where they have a program, a concentration called Theater, Dance, and Media is the name of it. And you can take classes in directing, writing, dramaturgy, performing, puppeteering, improv, everything. So that was it. That was like, okay, that's what I have to do because that's what I already do is I do everything. So I want to, I want to learn how to do everything equally um, rather than focusing on performing or or composition or anything. I want to learn everything. So I'm really excited about it. That's very interesting. Also because you basically like had a a kind of master class or almost a college course as a Darren Hansen. Yeah, it was it was Michael Greif. You know, I had the best there's no better professor than than that. It was Michael Greif school of being Evan Hansen. That's and he's so passionate about the show, which is amazing how like he is so involved with the show still, Michael, and he's a legend. So it's it's it was incredible to get to really really work with him and, and get to know him I'm, I'm still so thankful for that all right so he kind of acted as like a bit of a mentor absolutely i mean i mean they they all kind of were you know I, I being able to sort of track their respect for me was really special of of you know i think everyone had respect for me from the beginning it, i never felt disrespected by anyone but i think everyone was wary at first and worried about is this actually going to work casting a kid it was an experiment almost and it worked and and see having their respect meant the world and and their pride and and they're always you know everything that that i needed to hear from them in my last couple weeks i heard everything that was like we are so thankful that you were part of this everything that i really needed to to get closure on the whole thing was was there and that was that's immeasurable well to anyone who Anyone who had any possible slight doubt you proved them wrong and you absolutely blew it out of the park. Definitely. Thank you very, very much. That means a lot. Yeah, I mean, and especially, like, working with that creative team, I mean, 
there, there really isn't anyone better to like learn from. There isn't, and and they they're all still they come to the show all the time and built London. And as soon as they were done with London, they came back and watched it here and noted it here like a lot. You know, it's that was they're always. Michael's really, really meticulous, and so he's not he's not giving up on that. It's the same thing with, with Rent, even. You, you look at the people who are in Rent, yeah. the final cast, he was giving them all sorts of notes and being there every single, you know, not every day, but really often. So he's he's amazing. He's he's wonderful, and he's just so right. He Everything he says is so right. Yeah. Yeah, and now you're going to go to Harvard, and I believe the artistic director there is Diane Paulus. That's right, and yeah. He's another, like, an incredible director. I was able to work with her on Pippin and Finding Neverland, and she is, like you said about Michael, she's such a mentor to me that I consistently look up to. Yeah, I can't wait to, to learn from her. She, she's been teaching a, a class. I actually don't remember what it is, but it was so fascinating when I was reading about it, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, book of knowledge, for sure. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that whole experience. Yes. It must be so exciting. So another thing that some of the, the Evan Hansons have been kind of open about is, uh, and it's something that we kind of touched on earlier, is that Dear Evan Hansen, it's, it's a very emotionally demanding role, and he's someone who struggles with anxiety and stuff like that. As an actor, sometimes it can be, once you get like super, super, super invested in the role, it can be sometimes hard to kind of like, you know, back away from all that and really protect your own mental health. Was there anything that you did to, to kind of make sure that you were staying along with, you know, being physically healthy and all those precautions, mentally healthy as well? Yeah, you know, um, the cast, all when I was coming in, always talked a lot about how we goof around backstage to, to sort of lighten the mood. Evan doesn't get to go backstage all that much. So it was, and I also just kind of had, like at the beginning, I had a bit of a distaste for that because I was like, no, I have to do this right. I have to do this perfectly. And then there were nights where I'd get home and not super be sure which one I was, you know, mm. it was, which was scary. So it was pretty quickly that I started goofing around with everyone else. And then that was when I was able to really open up to the whole thing and say, it's okay if I'm not like crying in my dressing room before the show. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm allowed to, to go out and do it and learn as I'm doing it, and that's okay, so that I can do it tomorrow. You know, it, it was that kind of thing. Uh, just talking to people, I, I, you know, I did start going to therapy, not because of Evan, but that helped so much. Oh, in the fall, I started going toward the end of my run, and that was so helpful in terms of like, okay, I, this is enough. Like, I don't need to, I think the, the biggest challenge for me was being okay with my performance. I was always trying to make it, better which which is totally you know normal that's what you should be doing but I was always just sort of insecure about it so so once I started going to therapy it was okay what I'm doing is enough what I'm doing is okay and that was really crucial to to finishing out my run sure. for sure and it's so easy to beat yourself up yeah whereas like, even if everyone around you is going like oh my gosh you're doing amazing you're doing amazing you're doing amazing it's this kind of self-doubt and like oh no I'm not doing enough they really get to you. Do you have any, I guess, advice for, for when you first started the run? Do you have any advice for, for your younger self? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say, like, it's enough. You know, you don't need to keep putting on and on. You are, you know this person so well, better than you think you do. What you're doing is enough. You don't need to add and add and add. Keep it to yourself. Keep it all within yourself. And that, that was... An important lesson to learn 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. I couldn't. I applaud you because I'm 16, gonna be 17. You know, like I'm still dealing with my voice change, and it's crazy that you were able to just like jump in. And... I was too. I I was too. That was where a lot of the lower stuff came in because my larynx hadn't. I mean, it's still not fully dropped in, but it hadn't dropped in like at all until a month or two into my run. So it was mm. constantly just learning and, and following what my body was wanting to do. And okay, this day I can't do this placement, let me try this. You know, and, and being okay with giving 100% of whatever percent you have. That was difficult to learn because this isn't a role you can do below like 70%. So, <laughs> so trying, to, trying to really... With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market up whatever I could do and also knowing when to say okay I can't do the show today which thankfully didn't happen too much to me but there were days where I'd be sick and still be trying to do it and I'm like no I, I just can't this isn't gonna work mm. it, it, it was a question of am I the most qualified person to tell this story today that was really the question I would ask myself and so there were days when the answer was no and that was okay hmm. yeah that makes total sense and also something that Dear Evan, Han Dear Evan Hansen built a really big fan base and the show really impacted a lot of people and and I I'm not sure if you went to the autograph line or not but did you have any memorable and impactful fan encounters whether they be from DMs or whether someone stopped you on the street and just told you how impactful Dear Evan Hansen was to, was to them? Yeah, I, I'd hear at least like twice a week, this show saved my life, or you changed my life, or the, my favorite one was when a parent would say like, you nailed my son, or something wow. like that. That was always really, really, really special to me. Um, one of the ones I'll never forget was there was someone who came to the stage door and said, can you sign my cut arm? And it was an arm that was covered in scars. And I was like, yes, of course, and I signed it. And I just think about that all the time because that was someone who clearly this show means something to them and they didn't let go from the tree. You know, they, 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 they came out on the other side and, and are listening to the words that Benj and Justin and Steven wrote. And that's, that's, you know, I think that was a responsibility that I was really aware of from the beginning and was terrifying, but was so special to deliver every night. Wow. That made me want to cry. Oh my god! I know I had chills. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was fortunate that there was never anything too. There were never any like really scary fan encounters in terms of people who. I mean, there are always the weird ones, right? Like, like for anyone, there's the people who are asking for a little too many hugs or something. You know, there, there's all sorts of weird stuff. But I think something that I always try to do is just make sure the person who's, you know, there might be someone like just pouring their life story out to me at the stage door and I just do everything I can to make them feel seen and heard. And 
bring them back to to reality and outside of the world of the show i think that was always sort of my goal for for those kinds of things when someone's like sobbing at the stage door just making sure they're seen and heard that is so beautiful and it's it's also that that's you using the platform that you've been given and making a difference to even one person's life because like you looking at them straight in the eye and listening to them and listening to their story and making them feel heard i can't even imagine how much that would impact them yeah it was it was um a special special opportunity to get to give that to to a number of people that was really really special and i also i also think people underestimate how much fans can impact us as performers oh yeah especially the thing that i i think they don't know that the fans don't know is that we aren't like like super we're not like chris evans or something like we (laughs) we see the comments we see what you guys are saying and and it means a lot when it's nice. I mean, when it's not nice, that's another thing. But like yeah. at the same time, like we see it, you know, like we, we see what is being said. And it, it usually, it, I, it means so much to me to see like all these wonderful comments and things Definitely like that. Definitely keeps you going, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you've been doing some pretty like incredible things during this time in quarantine. And obviously like this is kind of why Sydney and I are making this podcast because you know, we want to give people another source of entertainment, and it seems like you're doing a lot of that with your Jackbox, and you're even making songs that you're yeah. putting out there, and I have to say, your last song that you wrote, Every Pretty Girl, or that you posted, it's so beautiful, and it's Thank you so gotten much. out of my head, yeah, it's so oh, good. It's so nice, thank you very much. You're welcome. You're so insanely talented, it's insane. Guys, I'm, I'm, what inspired you to, like, like, I don't know, write and create the Jackbox and that whole... <laughs> scenario yeah jackbox is something that i've been doing with my friends for years and years and years i sort of stumbled on it on like the xbox store when i was 14 and was <laughs> it's so up my alley like a party game i love just playing host so that kind of thing was really up my alley and so my friends and i it's like a staple of our friend group is is playing these games and so I just sort of had this idea one day, like, oh my God, people would love it if we just got a bunch of Broadway people to play Jackbox. And we did one stream that night, that night that I decided like, we should do this. I just sort of tweet, like texted everyone that I knew. And was like, if you want to do this, come do it. And a couple people said yes, thankfully. And um, the next morning I woke up to a bunch of texts from Alex Boniello saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to use this to raise money for the Actors Fund. I'm going to handle the finances. You keep doing what you're doing. We'll both work on getting people let's make this a thing and then it was and now it's become this huge thing with like people making like red bubble merch and a solid base of like 500 people that'll watch every episode no matter who's on it's it's amazing and we've raised uh now i think it's almost if not over thirty thousand dollars which is yes. crazy wow yes it's, for you guys bananas. it's been so special it's been it's been so much fun to just kind of creating this like joke base of using our silliness for for good it's been really fun that's amazing that must be also like fulfilling too yeah it is eli's eli's mom also works on the front lines oh so yeah so you know we're we're talking and you can you can jump i'm definitely not going to speak for you but uh you were kind of talking about how whenever you see people doing this kind of stuff and and helping people it you know it's it hits close to home because it's like a personal thing for you yeah, for sure. I mean, when I even something little as clapping at seven o'clock at night, uh, when everyone's out there, it's I have a balcony, so I can open my door, and it's like, 
it it just makes me in my family like tear up almost every night because we're like wow like these people are recognizing the hard work that's being done right now and uh they're appreciating those people that deserve the recognition that don't get it it's amazing yeah it's 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 that whole thing the applause because every now because we do jackbox at like six to seven thirty so around seven from like two people's houses we'll just hear this thunderous applause over the stream which is beautiful amazing yeah it's always so special and that's another thing about uh joining the the podcast that we do being with Broadway Podcast Network, we thought they were perfect because they're doing so much stuff for the Broadway Cares Act Big Fight organization and the Actors Fund and all of that. So, yeah, it's great to see how this community has come together and really, you know, just try to help each other out. See, everyone is just working their hardest to... Because the thing is, everyone is someone's favorite person. You know what I mean? So, like, at least one person is so happy that so-and-so just put out a new video or like or like organize their friends to sing a song you know like it's amazing everyone is doing something for everyone and that's what's been really really amazing to watch amidst all this absolutely so Eli and I we tried this in one of the other things we're going to keep trying it and see if it works um when we were trying to come up with names for our podcast we we're trying to combine our names Eli and Sydney Got it. Obviously, our podcast name is now Take a Bow, so you'd see how that went. Um, <laughs> however, however, um, my mom one day was like, if you combine Eli and Sid, it's like Eli Sid, but it kind of looks, it's kind of like illicit, which is kind of like illicit a response. So, oh, sure. So, I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> so, um, what we did, what Eli and I did, was we got on our social medias and we we posted on our stories like, hey, we're going to be doing this podcast and we're going to have guests on from the business. And um, any possible questions that you have, please send them and then we'll write them all down. And then as guests come on our show, we will we will ask them a few questions. So it's not it's not exactly like a like a speedy thing. It's not exactly like a what is it called a like a speed round or whatever like a speed round yeah something like that it sure. doesn't necessarily have to be that but these are questions from fans so i thought that was really interesting cool. okay so this is the uh first one that i have for you are there any other areas of the industry that you're especially interested or involved in besides acting yeah um i do write um i have uh there's a play that i'm working on right now that i've written with uh, with, no yeah, I can't uh, believe I forgot to mention this. Your Star Wars show. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That too. Yeah, I write music as well. Um, I wrote that Star Wars show with my friend Adrian in the eighth grade, and then we did it at Fifth yes. Merlot just for fun. It was so much fun. That's so um, fun. Oh. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, I have this play that I've written with with that's in development right now. I wrote it with Gabrielle Caruba, who's playing Zoe, who I think I'm sure you saw Zoe. Um, shout out. Who's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll be directing it, and uh, it's it's really special and exciting. Uh, I, I also, um, I've run a theater company for the last six years called Sneak Rock Productions on Long Island. Wow. It's, it, we raise money for Next for Autism, which is an organization that helps people and families touched by autism with vocational opportunities and, and homes and they're amazing. Uh, and so I have directed and, and things like that. Uh, so kind of everything is really the answer. I've, I, I, love doing it all. I want to pursue design more just because I feel like if you're going to direct, you got to know about design. Uh, and I know not, absolutely nothing about design. But yeah, writing, I didn't even, I, I always knew I could write music. I didn't know I could write 
like plays and things until I tried it this year and we wrote this play that I'm really really excited to get out into the world when this is all over wow i'm so excited too (laughs) is it is it did the quarantine did this pandemic stop its production like were you like in the middle of kind of getting it out um no we we've just kind of been taking each step as we go along so we did a couple like two readings and a rehearsal before quarantine um but since we've actually been working more even because i think we we all just have more time so We've done two Zoom readings. We're doing another one in in two weeks as well, some rehearsals and and sending it to people to get some feedback. So it's really exciting. And and the cast we've assembled is bonkers good. So I'm really excited. I'm so proud. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so proud. It's a special, special project. I'm excited for people to to hear more about it. There will be some more info about it soon, but we're not going to get it out into the world for, for a little while, obviously. But but just to start sure. drumming up some interest. You just keep getting more inspiring. You just make <laughs> your own you know, entertainment for everyone and making a lot of Oh, I wrote a play. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can't, I don't know. I just have this thing where I can't be idle. I always have to be working on something and either I'll put it out into the world or I won't, but there's all, I'm always just trying to make things. Yeah. Oh. Um, another question. I know you're obviously like theater is like your love and one of your passions are you ever interested in going kind of into the movie realm or the tv realm yeah possibly yeah i i'm not picky i think i think my biggest thing is is stories and and the story that's being told uh it just has to be a story that i'm passionate about and that i'm passionate about telling and want to tell um that could be movie film or or broadway or like theme park or whatever i don't care as, as long as it's an, a, a story that means something sure absolutely and what yeah exactly one that it that makes a positive difference to the world yeah that's all i care about and one that i feel i fit in and, and feels right that i'm telling it and that i have a reason to be telling it i think that's that's all i care about that's awesome i know you're writing and stuff and i saw this as one of the questions is one of the fans asked um do you look up to or I guess what I'm trying to say is like, who are your favorite like songwriters or writers in general? Sure. I mean, I mean, my favorite composers are you got Pascal Paul, you got Jason Robert Brown. Those two guys are such huge influences on on the music that I write. Yeah. I mean, naturally because I've just been listening to Pascal Paul for the last year, but I still like I've just have been listening to Dogfight over the last couple of days, and Jason Robert Brown. I mean, Bridges of Madison County is probably my favorite score. So, uh, but then of course you know you got like Sondheim and stuff, but I, I don't feel like I could ever do that, nor do I really have interest in doing it because it's just not my style. But I mean, all the all these composers are have something to teach and something to be heard. I've just kind of been like absorbing theater for my whole life. So I just have this, like, I like everyone in theater, just this memory bank of like what this composer's style is and, and David Yazbek, versus Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, just like random, just like, okay, this person does this, this person does this, maybe I can do this. So yeah, that in terms of like writers and stuff, those are, those are my, my favorites. Oh, nice. Good answer. I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's cool. I mean, when you take all of those styles of all of those 
people that you just named, I mean, you you'll definitely get something very special in there. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a question of what do you get? What what style is right for this? What style is right for that? Like I'm sort of working on a on a sort of musical right now that <laughs> like okay, this song's a little bit more like bluegrass and then this song's a little bit more like metal. So like what where do we which I think every composer experiences of like okay well that's how this story needs to be told and that's how this story needs to be told um but it's still always fascinating right the music you know they usually kind of come at the same time for me um i will sometimes write the music first i think recently i've been writing the music first more and then i'll say like okay well what's a story that i want to tell oh this song is good to tell that story but uh usually they'll sort of like i'll write a verse and i'll write a verse i'll write a verse musically and then i'll write a verse lyrically and then the rest will sort of come at the same time wow do you sit down to write songs or are you just like i don't know maybe cooking in the kitchen or doing your hair and you're like a lyric lyric idea gotta write that down it absolutely varies like i the other night was like there's a song that i'm trying to write right now that i just finished last night that i was like i i sat down and i was like i have nothing and then last night i was just talking to my friends and i was like wait i have to mute myself to to um to finish writing the song so it'll it'll it's it'll sort of vary it it completely varies like sometimes i'll be in the shower and be like oh wait a second and then i have to get out of the shower and record it but uh, it'll it'll it's kind of all over the place. I don't really have a method of, of doing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, creativity you can't really bind it. I guess you can't control it. And you're overflowing with creativity, so it's constantly like your brain. I can't even imagine what it's like in your brain. <laughs> I'm definitely overflowing with something. <laughs> okay, I think we're gonna do one more question from a fan, and this one I, I will maybe one more. This question doesn't even have to do with the business. I'm just curious. It is, I completely lost it. Okay, there it is. It's, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, God. After Dear Evan Hansen, pizza, but now it's a different Yeah, pizza. <laughs> you know, I, mm, wow, that's tough. I think I kind of learned, because one of the things I was eating every day uh, when I was doing Dear Evan Hansen was sushi. Uh, that was something that I ate every single day because it's so good for like avocado uh, and I would eat avocado, mango and shrimp rolls. And like, if you get it from the right place, they're always good. Um, so like, I never really got tired of it. So I guess that's probably my answer. You know what? It would be, that's my answer too. So she is my all time favorite food. Yeah. I favorite type of, I I definitely haven't eaten it since doing Dear Evan Hansen because I'm like, I don't think I can ever look at this again. But actually, like, it's very good. So I probably will pursue the sushi route sometime soon again. But truly, it was every day I was eating I was eating sushi. You know what's kind of interesting about um, being in a show that I never anticipated personally myself was, like you said, your diet can be very restricted. you got to think about so many things because when you're in a show, any possible food for some reason, I feel like the sensitivity to all different kinds of foods is really high. Yeah. So you have to make sure you eat enough, otherwise you don't want to feel faint on stage, but you also have to make sure you don't eat too much, otherwise you're going to feel sick on stage. You and you have up. to make sure the foods that you eat make you feel good. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's really difficult to like kind of balance that. And also you can't eat dairy because of phlegm. And I always try to stay away from sugar because it would impact my my breath control for some reason i don't I remember know. liz kaplan told me like red meat and like heavy meats like steak or whatever if you eat it before a show you're digesting it and that's energy you could be using to 
to be running around and singing. So it's all, it's everything. I remember James Snyder, who is playing Harry Potter right now. I, he told me, um, I never eat before part two of Harry Potter because I can't cry unless I have an empty stomach. That's what he said, which is very interesting. Cause he, he was, he was like, if I'm, if I'm full, then I'm fine. You know, I don't have anything to cry about. Wow. Which is very funny. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm the same way. Oh, that's so weird. I never uh -oh. knew. That makes sense now. I don't think I am the same way because if I'm hungry, I'm thinking about how I'm hungry. You know, <laughs> so I, then I get distracted. Yeah, I'll, I'll get very distracted. Yeah. Now you have to cry a lot, and you had to cry a lot in Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Did you have any tricks to cry? You know, it was. I think the biggest trick was learning that it's okay if I don't cry. That was the biggest trick, and it was really difficult to learn because I asked every Evan uh, about like. How do you cry? What do you do when you can't? What do you do? Like, can you ever not? And almost all of them said, you have to forgive yourself for not crying. Because it's all—it's also really interesting if you don't. Because it's like, why isn't he crying? And why am I crying if he's not crying? Like, in the audience, you know? So it's yeah. it's, it's all these things. But the, the the reason why the precedent is set that we have to cry so much is because I asked Ben Platt and he said, I don't know, I just couldn't cry. Like, I don't really know how it happens. So it's it was this, this major precedent that at the beginning, I really wasn't crying. At the beginning of my run, there were no tears being had. But then at the end, it was, I just kind of started sometime in the middle of Act 2 and then I didn't stop. That was kind of my way of, of making it happen. And just wow. connecting to the story, but not f like thinking about it like making sure you're invested but not thinking like oh wow i'm so sad i need to cry you know it's it's you just got to kind of let wow. it let it happen and and at some point it became very much muscle memory for me absolutely yeah and also like taking that pressure off yourself can probably make it easier to cry as well yeah absolutely that was when every time like if there was a night where i didn't cry during words fail i'd be like oh man that was sucked and then i would immediately start bawling and so big so small because oh, i would just let it go some and that was, it was always taking the pressure, taking the pressure off made such a huge difference. Mm. And it was a huge lesson to learn. Yeah. What is some advice that like other Evans gave you? Oh, there was so much. It was, well, okay. They didn't really give me advice on how to play the role at all because they know what a personal thing it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was more advice on handling the fans and handling like the people that I would be meeting in the building and the dietary stuff and things like that it was it was a lot it was a lot more the life that came with it and less actually playing the role because i think now it's just which is so amazing that every evan is just so different and that is understood and accepted by all because i think at the beginning they were really scared about ben leaving the show which is why it was so brilliant for them to cast taylor because he was incredible and the complete opposite of ben so it was it was being able, giving the permission. I, I'm so thankful that I went after Taylor and not Ben, because if I went after Ben, I would have been trying to be Ben. Mm -hmm. But because I was after Taylor, I was like, okay, I can do whatever I want to do, which was really, really the best permission to get. So it was a lot more about the world and less about the actual uh, performance. Were you, oh, uh, maybe that's the wrong word, but were you like nervous or overwhelmed by the prospect of taking a role that you know someone else started with and then Absolutely. coming in after the fact like you know there's a balance between making it yourself but you know also not completely changing it so people are like whoa yeah no it's, i mean especially because he's like ben freaking platt you know like it was like he won a tony for it it was this legendary <laughs> iconic performance that i loved so much so to go in and and i knew i wanted to do something different with it i just didn't know 
it was just making it more me was was what I learned. But I think you know from Ben to Taylor, you have a major shift uh, on what that character was and could be. So I think I landed somewhere in the middle. If there is a spectrum, but I don't really think there is. I think it's just completely different. It's you. Yeah, exactly. So it was. Yes, but the pressure was there every day, especially because I think the fans really love to rank and play favorites and pick their favorites. And I was really aware of that because I was in the, I was a fanson. So I sort of was cognizant of that the whole time, which was totally terrifying. But it was the days where I'd let it go and say like, okay, one person's opinion does not change anything because I'm got reviewed well. I'm doing this, like everything is going well. I can't let one mean comment on the internet. Yeah, I mean, you've got the role. Exactly, I mean, and that was, that was something that I always would remind myself, of, like, I'm here for a reason. You know, it was tough, but it was, it was, those were the best days when I could just sort of let it go. Yeah. It's awesome that you, like, bring up Taylor, because we're actually going to be interviewing him soon. Oh. Yeah, so it's cool to know that he had a big impact on you. And Oh my god, he is, he's one of my favorite people on the planet Earth. He is so, so lovely. So lovely. I love him so much. Aww. What a bromance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, no, he's he's amazing. Him and, and Ben Ross, who he, he's dating, was Evan on tour. And um, and they, like, are just amazing and amazing together. And, and I love them both so much. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're wonderful, wonderful people. I, all the Evans are. Speaking of that, you passed the polo on to Jordan Fisher. That's right. So... You know how you said that kind of all the Evans before you gave you advice on how to, um, you know, the the fans and dietary restrictions and, and the, all that stuff. Did you have any memorable conversations with Jordan about about the role? So many, but I think Jordan just kind of came in with this idea of what he wanted it to be. And he knew exactly what he wanted because he loved the show so much, too. He saw Ben. I don't remember if he saw Noah. I think he did see, you know, I don't think he saw Taylor. And then he saw me. Um, like at the very beginning of my run. So he had this idea of what he wanted it to be and then he did it and that is amazing. You know, he he's phenomenal and he's just lovely and and wonderful and we're we're close and we've had so many conversations of just us completely loving on each other. He's amazing. But yeah, we had lots of conversations about what the role was and what were the tougher parts and what would be the tougher things, but I think more uh, again about about the world and and just kind of being like okay well this is part of the routine and this is something that I'd recommend but it but it he honestly you know he did it all he did so much of it just going in blind and knowing exactly what he wanted to do yeah yeah it's so cool what, what the creatives did with that because I mean the people you just named I mean what a group of Evans that you got you're in this category with and they're all on top of being in, in insanely talented they're all incredibly humble and like down-to-earth people and they seem like the nicest people what was kind of incredible about jordan coming in is there was a time where every evan in the building jordan the alternate every understudy was a person of color okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That was incredible um, and was like unheard of unthought of for the show um it was really really incredible and i'm i'm just so happy that there that that was a thing i think there is now an understudy that that's white which is obviously great you know that's great for him but it's it's just amazing that that this story can be told in so many different ways right um and and it shifts the story completely so i'm excited to see where else where else that uh that journey goes because because that's this story can be told in so many different ways Mm -hmm. yeah I love that they're they're really doing their best to you know bring in people who will represent a lot of different kind of categories. You know, Absolutely. you were brought in, you were the first teenager to ever do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's 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 really good and important. It sets a standard for other Broadway shows to to prioritize representation. Yeah, I think that's very important. Yeah. And also yeah. something that you know you were talking about was it's very important uh, as Dear Evan Hansen to love the role. And mm-hmm. that's something that all of the Evan Hansons have done. I remember I was doing a I was doing a secret I was doing Secret Garden with Ben Platt, and uh, he was in the off Broadway run of Dear Evan Hansen at this time, and we were rehearsing our our Mary and Dickens song together, and he turned he turned to me he was like, hey, I'm doing this show. It's called Dear Evan Hansen. I go, oh, cool. And he goes, you, it's, I really love it. That This music is amazing. The songs are amazing. And I just really fell in love with the part. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll check it out sometime. <laughs> and look at it now. Yeah, that's, he's, I mean, he, you know, it's, I think what they knew was that they couldn't replicate Ben. So they cast Taylor and now you can't replicate Taylor. And you yeah. can't replicate Noah. You can't replicate me. Can't, you can't replicate yeah. Jordan. Because it, 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 it is so personal that it has to be, you know, there has to be things that only this actor can do. Um, and that's what's really amazing about the nature of the role. Yeah. And the same with the understudies, too. Every understudy has their own agency. You know, you can't replicate Rowan Banks, Josh Strobel, Sam Primick, all these amazing guys. You can't, nobody else can do what they did, which is what is so amazing about the role and why it's so needless to to compare because there is no comparison to be made. For sure. Shout out to understudies, by the way. Yeah. Dear Evan Hansen understudies are absolute rock stars. All understudies are, but but 
jeez, those guys, there are so many people in that cast covering all three roles, all three male roles. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I love them. They they became such a family to me during all that. They were so supportive and wonderful because that's sort of where all the young people are, you know, because in the cast, it's it's you four, you know, kids and four adults. But in the understudy room, there were just a bunch of kids uh, and we just had such a great time. And they were they I, I always thank them for always saying yes and to my dumb ideas because we made all these silly dumb videos when I was doing like the Broadway.com vlogs and stuff like that that they were just always down to do um, and I I love them so much yes I love people like that me too they're very special Yeah. yeah they're the best well thank you so much Andrew this has been so informative and a blast you are an absolute gem and you're brilliant as well. Thank and, you. And, you know, talking to Harvard, you. Harvard, not a big deal. <laughs> he's going to Harvard. I know, he's going to Harvard. Like, <laughs> brilliant. I mean. Beyond that, just the way that you think and just For the way sure. that you speak, you're, you're brilliant. Um, Thank you, guys. And along you're humble and you're kind and you're warm and you're loving. And you're, you're a very talented, special person. Oh yeah. Thank that be that all means so much to me. Thank you guys so much. It's of very course. kind. We thank you for your time and giving us uh, an hour to talk. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This is amazing what you guys are doing here to to entertain people. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Take a bow, Andrew Barth Feldman. Bow. He is so smart. Just like just listening to him speak, he's like so brilliant. Oh, I mean, he's going to Harvard for a reason. <laughs> exactly. If you weren't an Andrew Barth Feldman fan before this podcast, you are now. Ugh. I can promise you that. Um, Sydney and I actually got to see Andrew in Dear Evan Hansen on one of his last performances. How many Were you able to see him more than once? I only got to see him once. I've seen Dear Evan Hansen multiple times, but right. we only got to see him once. And for anyone who didn't get to see him, I, I I can't even like begin to express how how wrecked we all were at the end. Oh, he is so talented in every single way. Like his voice is like outstanding, and his acting was so natural. Like he hit all of the funny marks, and he hit all of the marks where he has to tug on your heartstrings, dude. I, it was it no was word, truly no word. He's just he's like unbelievable, like truly unbelievably talented. Yeah, I, like Sydney said, I'm sorry if you didn't see him because his performance was you. so good. And the fact that like, okay, he's a teen, you guys. Like he's our age. He's 16, 17 years old, and he was able to just recently, like within a span of a couple years learn his voice and get his voice because obviously he gets a new voice went around like probably 13 his voice changed you know Mm -hmm. so then he had to learn a whole voice and prepare for a crazy show like Dear Evan Hansen like Like, the hardest possible show that you and not only for your voice like I mean they Mm -hmm. all the people who have played Evan Hansen are adults because of how challenging that role is Mm -hmm. like and the fact that he was just able to pull it off and pull it off with such grace and what seemed and appeared to be as such ease, like it's truly inspiring and remarkable. Yeah. And on top of that school, he's taking yeah. all AP classes. It's insane. I don't know how I did it. I think, I think we have discovered Andrew is Superman. 
<laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry to expose your secret, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and you guys, like, he managed to, like, pull off the grades during the show oh. and go to Harvard. Like, it's just, like, Those it's mind-boggling. Are, like, like mind-bogglingly hard on their own combined. Yeah. It's, like, impossible. So Andrew yeah. accomplished the impossible. Yeah. And he's continuing. He deserves to, to do take so. a bow. <laughs> he deserves to take he deserves to take all the bows. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's continuing to <laughs> impress the world in so many different ways. He has so many projects coming up. One of which that he just did was uh before the pandemic happened, there was supposed to be a concert at his school to to raise money for the renaming and uh, re, uh, I think renovating of the theater facilities at his old school in honor of his mother, Barbara Barth Feldman. And that was, you know, supposed to be an in-person concert, but obviously because of the things that happened in the world, it wasn't able to happen in person. So what he did was he made it virtual. He did this lot. He, he got, he put together this dude, this hilarious and, and, beautiful and heart-wrenching and truly incredible virtual concert that I hope you got to see. It was truly fantastic. You participated in that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um he I think I think it was the associate music director of Dear Evan Hansen. They put together this beautiful arrangement of Rainbow Connection. Hmm. And he got, you know, a bunch of his friends together uh, from his school and also from uh, various shows, Broadway or or TV. And I think it was like like hundreds of people. So I don't know how how he edited it. By the way, he edited like the entire thing. And it was so beautiful and hmm. remarkable. And he just like a, he's talented at everything. It's it's really like <laughs> I don't even have any words to describe how incredible this guy is, but but yeah, yeah he he got like a bunch of people together to to uh, be in this arrangement of a rainbow connection. I was so lucky to be a part of that, and he also got you know th- that wasn't the only obviously that wasn't the only performance. He also had I think like like six other six or seven or eight or or however many other performances or or little segments that he had in the show, but the entire thing was truly spectacular. Yeah, and I mean, if if you can't tell by the way we're talking about him, we we, we do really love Andrew Feldman. Um, But, and you could tell, like, not only is he this incredibly talented human being, he's genuinely, like, a good kid and strong, like, just... He has good morals and everything. Like and you said, drive. He, yeah, I mean, he's constantly working. He's he's writing a bunch of musicals and plays and songs and all of this. Um, and you can look that at, at watch those on uh, his social media. And he's also not only did he do that for his mother, but twice a week, he also does these things called Broadway Jackbox. And he plays games with fellow Broadway actors and even TV actors. Uh, and he has them on and they play games for about two hours. And while playing these games, the audience and whoever's watching donates to the actors fund. 
so he's doing so much for all of these great organizations and it's truly just inspiring he's finding so many ways to use his talents for good yeah and he's definitely not just like sitting around during this quarantine you know (laughs) he's staying busy so he's getting work man he's getting done yeah And, and the fact that he's able to create all of it is even more just like wow it's just like <laughs> even more can't... wow <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's so cool to see but um another thing that i wanted to talk about uh the jimmy awards i mean mm-hmm. like he he met a he met that year was just so crazy because mm-hmm. the talent after that like a, a bunch of those kids not just the finalists have made it on broadway and it's so cool to see that so it's truly yeah. like becoming like a legit thing you know it's becoming a legit season just like the tony awards and it's really cool to see how that's grown because for one of the it was one of the first five years finding the boys of finding neverland actually went and were like guest judges but we didn't really like judge but they were yeah like we were able to sit in the front row and everything it was actually the year that uh eva noblezada won Ooh, whoa, yeah. no way. And she's yeah. done so many things since then. Yeah, yeah. she did like Miss Saigon and now and, she's in Hastings Town. Oh. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, I mean, because, and that was like one of the years where it was still like this new thing. So, like, to see where it's grown now in the past like seven years is just super cool. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. I want to go and research now, like, all of the the people who like started out in the Jimmy Awards. Yeah, it you're going to like find a lot of high-end talent there. It's crazy. And like it's cool because they're not just people from New York, you know? They're giving people a shot from literally every state. Mm, so mm-hmm. it's just really it's really cool and it's great for high school students to get exposure. So it's really cool what they're doing over there. I I also really like it because it's it proves that you don't have to be like on Broadway to be like super crazy talented like these are super talented teenagers who are you know they started out performing in high school shows and now they're performing in broadway shows like there is no like just because they're performing in like high school shows that doesn't mean that they're not like broadway caliber and i really like that about the jimmy awards because it proves like hey these guys are like the real deal they're they're super talented teenagers Either way, doesn't matter if they're on Broadway or in high school shows, look at these guys, look at them shine. Exactly. And like some people like they they're like, oh, I don't want to do my school play. It's just a school play because they've done something professional before or at a regional theater or something. But they're like, I'm not going to do a high school play, blah, blah, blah. But like if you do like it's getting you a lot more exposure than you think so continue to like start out in your high school you know shows and go audition because you never know where it's gonna take you oh that could be like the start of your entire career and and just like andrew feldman i mean it's truly it's it's amazing yeah yeah Keep, keep doing every little thing that you can even if you think it's a little high school show which is definitely not yeah and one more other thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, and something that I think is actually pretty uh, universal in the theater community, but also isn't talked about much, is Andrew said that he had to 
change his diet while he was in Durban mm. Hansen. And he had to cut out, you know, dairy and he couldn't eat pizza, but he did eat cheesecake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, that that is something that happens that a lot of people do. They change their diet when they're in a show. Um, and it's just something that's not talked about. So, like, for example, um, I remember when I was in Fun Home, I also, like, pretty much com- – I didn't, like, eat dairy for – I mean, like occasionally I would eat dairy, but for the most part, I cut dairy completely out of my diet because it would kind of cause phlegm in my throat and would make my, you know, it would just like make my mucus thick and that's really hard to sing through. And also I, for the most part, cut out sugar from my diet because oh, wow. sugar can make it hard to have good breath control, I learned. And so, like, I didn't have ice cream or, or candy or, like, anything. And um, another thing that's really interesting is when you think about it, when you're doing a show, especially if you're on a long time, you have to make sure that what you're eating is enough to sustain you so you're not going to feel, like, lightheaded on stage, but also not too much so that you feel nauseous on stage. So finding that balance... Finding that, you know, just the just the perfect foods and the perfect amount of those foods is difficult. It's really difficult, but it's like a whole journey. It's this whole process of finding what, what works for you. And uh, I really like that Andrew touched on that because that is, isn't something that is talked about, but it is something that is very common. Yeah, I know. I They used to tell me that all the time, but like when I my voice is higher, I never mm. like believed it so like literally every night from a show or something I would come home and eat ice cream or like come home and have a glass of milk and Oreos or something I never like I thought it like I truly believed that it was like a real myth and then it wasn't until I did Trevor in Chicago when Mm -hmm. my voice was like starting to like we knew it was coming that like I had to be more cautious about it And I was like, let me try this and see if this is like a real thing. And I learned that like, it really is. So I, I know what you're talking about, because I've literally experienced like not trying it at all, and then trying it. And the difference was just astronomical. Like it was a huge difference. Yeah. And also finding the perfect diet for you. It is a it is a personal thing. It's it's not the same thing. Like, like you said, like, you're there are some people that are going to be able to eat dairy just fine. And yeah. be perfectly fine and be able to hit those high notes. <laughs> but, Which I envy you, <laughs> if that is you. Yeah, no, and there's also, like, water was something that I didn't. Yeah. I would, like, not drink any water whatsoever during the show. And, oh. you know, at first, like, it was completely fine. Like, it was fine. For the first couple of months, I was, you know, it was fine. But uh, then, you know the the more and more I did it the more and more kind of dry my voice got and so I would always plan out different places to take like a sip of water to just you know wet those vocal cords um because there was there was like a performance of Ring of Keys where my my voice just like there was a tickle in my throat and then all of a sudden all I all I could do was cough you know what I mean? And I just like it was so dry and and I needed like that moisture in my throat, but I didn't have yeah. it. I was like, yeah, I should probably drink water. <laughs> yeah. 
I know it's crazy. I I never drank for Pippin, but I was like barely on stage. I'm yeah, but so it wasn't like too too much of a big deal. But um, when it come to Neverland, when it came to Neverland, I mean I was going through like four or five bottles a show. What and, really? Yeah, okay, well, that's that's crazy. It's, it's actually really funny because my Wrangler used to like limit me like she would cut me off because she was like you're not off stage enough to go to the bathroom and i don't want you just like running off stage to go to the bathroom mid-scene. oh yeah yeah yeah. like yeah th- also it's it's difficult because there is you know like you're on stage a lot so you need to make sure your vocal cords are wet but then there's also that you're on stage a lot you only have one opportunity in this entire show to go to the bathroom did you yeah. ever have to go to the bathroom during a show and like have to like run yeah a few times Really? Oh, it, it, yeah. It always happened during uh, Finding Neverland because we did have those like twenty second sections that mm-hmm. like we were able to like if we really needed to. But during Trevor, I was like I was off the stage once in the entire show in the second act, and I literally was only off to like change and wow. grab a sip of water. Like I never had so like during Trevor. I had to like run to the bathroom as soon as intermission ended. And it Mm. was crazy because I always had to go because I drank so much water in the beginning of the show because I knew I wasn't going to be able to in the first act. So I had to like make sure. That's another thing about diet. That's that's another like you have to like plan out like, oh, I can't eat this because what if I like need to go to the bathroom? I can't because you you have to imagine you are preparing yourself to – not be able to go to the bathroom or do anything for like pretty much two hours yeah or sometimes three hours so if you feel comfortable enough to you know go somewhere and be like i am not going to be able to go to the bathroom or go off stage to do anything (laughs) i mean like to change and stuff and get like a sip of water um Mm. But like it's difficult. You're you're literally going into it, being like, okay, there's like no going back from here. There was there right. was I think there was only one one point, like one in my 500 performances of the show. There was only one performance where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the bathroom, but I only have like 45 seconds to oh, do so. Shoot. And I almost got locked in the bathroom. Like I oh, couldn't, no. I couldn't open the door. For some oh, reason, boy. I don't I don't remember why, but I literally couldn't open the door, and I kind of like, I <laughs> this is like a movie, but I kind you know you know in the movies when they're trying to open the door, they use their like whole body and punch through the door. Mm-hmm. I kind of had to do that, not as <laughs> forcefully, but I did that, and the door finally opened, and I ran on stage. I I like just made it. That's amazing. But uh, yeah, and the best is that like you have those moments because like <laughs> it's definitely happened to everyone, and the audience has no no clue. Clue. it makes it so much better you just like run on and you have to act like nothing happened it's, it's hey it's honestly, backstage it's so true but it's also like another adrenaline rush i don't know is that yeah, just oh me? oh for sure it's an adrenaline rush you're, but and, and then if you make it you're like yes i made it i know you're like so proud of yourself <laughs> yeah Anyway, so thank thank you. Andrew, yeah, we've gone on a little long. <laughs> yeah, we're we're rambling, but thank you, Andrew, for touching on the diet thing. Yes, and it's definitely something that should should be talked about. And I'm glad that he was uh, the first one to touch on it. So yeah, yeah. 
Okay, anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of Take a Bow. Come back next Thursday for our next episode. And before we go, sorry, I just want to say one more thing. Um, okay. Tomorrow, Hamilton comes out on Disney+, Plus, oh. and I couldn't be more excited. Dude, I'm so excited So, that. you know I'll definitely be watching that. Yes. And I hope that everyone enjoys it, because it's one of the greatest shows ever. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to my fangirl. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right? Special shout out to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Colonon for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Take a Bow. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us from. And tune in next week for another episode. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast, where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions, or questions and keep up with all things take a bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.